control your emotions, discipline your mind, shoot the glass. Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I am Ross Bacon and I'm joined by my co-host Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And as you should definitely know by now, we are a podcast who cracks up in a beer and we talk about some movies. Now, we are in week two of Harry Potter month. And that means we'll be talking about movies four, five, and six. So Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, and Half-Blood Prince in I have, that order. I have some issues with Half-Blood Prince. It's one of my least favorite Harry Potter movies. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> but uh, all right, so what, before we even get into that, Watch we uh, talk about what we're drinking. So, Mike, what you got? All right, so I reviewed this one before, but it's too appropriate for Harry Potter, especially this week. So I am reviewing uh, Red Tank's Seriously Black Wizard Stout. There you go. Yep. And it, <laughs> so I'll play on Ser- Serious Black's name, which, uh, spoiler alert, he dies. <laughs> oh, no! Gareth uh, doesn't even do, like, a like oscar worthy death scene either he just kind of <laughs> does like a homer simpson into the smoke <laughs> well in the book he doesn't get hit with the killing curse of course not he gets hit with a red flash spell that knocks him into the veil oh, okay. which the veil they don't get into it too much but it's kind of just like a one-way door to the afterlife oh gotcha all right. Or at least that's what it's speculated. They get into that more in the book than they do in the movie. Right. I mean, I guess the only way to find out is if you go through and try to come back. <laughs> I bet that would be a little bit difficult, though. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, so it's a 12% stout aged in, uh, aged at Asbury Distillery's bourbon barrels. Cool. For a full year. Nice. Um, it's As far as stouts go, I'm usually not a big fan, but I do like this one. Um, it's not something I could drink a lot of by any means. Yeah. But I, it, it's a good taste. It's 12%. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to know the person who can drink a lot of them. <laughs> but uh, so I'm drinking uh, Wigwag from Aiton Sand, which uh, Aiton Sand is in Woodbury, New Jersey. I think I did one a while ago. There. I did one a while. I did one for the Keanu cast. Yeah, that's true. That's right. But um, it's 5.5 pale ale. It's brewed with lactose, whatever that means. And um, it doesn't taste particularly milky or anything. But um, yeah, it's uh, pretty good. And I picked Wigwag because it sounds like some Harry Potter shit that would happen in there. Like, yeah. one of, like one of like the Weasley brothers, like candies or like their little toys that they have in their, uh, in their store. But yeah. Um, I passed by the one I'm going to have next week. So I, uh, I didn't buy it, but I know uh, it's available, but I mean, it's more than appropriate. And I'm surprised neither of us has done it yet, but <laughs> that, I already have what I'm planning for. I already planned out what I'm doing for next week too. Cool. All right. Well, before we get to that, we have to get to this week. Mm-hmm. Now, before we even start, I would like to issue one of our famous corrections in case anyone had an issue with last week's episode. Re-listening to it and having a wonderful time enjoying Mike and I's trip down the, uh, what if Professor Liam Neeson was at Hogwarts? (laughs) That was amazing. But I think it could be construed that maybe in the context we were talking about other Scottish, we were talking about Scottish actors at Hogwarts. 
Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson is very much from Northern Ireland, and yeah. I, we didn't want people to get confused that we were lumping him in with Scottish actors when he is very much from Northern Ireland. So apologies to our Scottish listeners, apologies to our Northern Irish listeners if there was any confusion. We did not mean that to happen. And apologies got, to Liam Neeson. <laughs> apologies, yes, obviously most of all apologies to uh, Mr. Neeson. Please don't kick our ass like you do the students of Hogwarts. <laughs> or the professors of Hogwarts. <laughs> Snape coming in with like a tampon in his nose. Right. <laughs> what happened now? <laughs> I was in the faculty lounge before him and he wanted the, he wanted some coffee and I drank the last of it. So he roundhouse kicked me in the teeth. <laughs> he's, a, he's a menace. We got to get him out of here. <laughs> I'm not getting him out. I'm not doing it. You, you do it. <laughs> Dumbledore likes him, so he's not doing it. <laughs> right. Have, have somebody like call somebody to kidnap his daughter. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> So that that issued uh, that uh, administrative issue set uh, set forth and set right in the beginning of this episode. Out of the way, we can jump into uh, movie number four, aka 2005's Harry Potter, Potter and the Potter. Goblet of Fire, and that is directed by Mike Newell, who Four Weddings and a Funeral, Donnie Brasco, Pushing Tin, and the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. This guy did so. Uh, he's the last of the not mike yates um or daniel yates uh directors for harry potter so it's one guy for the rest of them after this no i think so i think they've had like the same art director which is why you get a why the first two movies seem visually different yeah i I believe it's third going forward they had the same art director probably and that's probably why everything's like kind of washed out in that like purplish grayish bluish tint i mean yeah it, if you look at if the first two movies are much more colorful than the rest absolutely they're i mean they're chris columbus like kid movies mm-hmm. like of course they are like when you look at home alone home alone's a very colorful movie you know there's a lot mm-hmm. of like good warm lighting and all that it's everything's red and greens and all that it's very thematic but now i think it, it is only appropriate that the darker the movies mm-hmm. get the more somber and like not sepia tone, but like washed out and dark that they get the movie, mm-hmm. uh, the look of the movie actually gets too. But um, in this movie, we also start, we don't actually, I say we don't start with uh, Britain's favorite child abuse sitcom. We do yeah, not this get the Dursleys in this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We open uh, Harry starts at the Weasleys, I believe. Yeah, he gets a he gets a break from being uh, abused at the beginning of his school year, <laughs> and they're going to the uh, the Quidditch World Cup where they're watching Ireland versus. Um, uh, I don't where, remember. It, it is Ireland versus somebody. It's where, where's Victor Crumb from? He's from yeah, he's from not Russia. <laughs> I think it's Bulgaria. I yeah, it's, it's Bulgaria. But yeah, you say Crom. It's it's Crom like. Like Conan the Barbarian, which is every time he was on screen, they they flash Crom up. I was like, Crom laughs at your four wins. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that dude's just like you know, perfectly Bulgarian. You know, he's he's like he's well, he's he's more. What does Hermione call him at the dance? Like he's not a talker. He's more hands on. Uh, something like he's, that. He's uh, physical. He's physical. More- that's what it was. Yeah, he's more physical. Yeah. Jenny turns himself into a shark when they have to do the one uh, 
<laughs> underwater turn uh, test or whatever, which we'll get into the Harry Potter and the Hunger Games here in a second. <laughs> yeah. Now this, well, I think this movie, it would be the most entertaining for a not Harry Potter fan. It's one of the worst adaptations from the books. Is it uh, really? Yeah, this movie cuts, the. I think this has the most cut out. Really? I mean, because it's still a long movie, but I I could see, because they do spend a lot of time talking about Harry's, like, night terrors and shit like that, and it's very, you can see it's very cinematically um, shown. Like, you gotta have his dream sequences, and the fact that he can be, he's a snake in his dreams, and of course... We're introduced in his dreams to the legendary David Tennant, <laughs> who makes his debut in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which uh, there, there is the whole theory where David Tennant is actually Doctor Who coming oh. in to kill Robert Pattinson, so Twilight never gets made. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that might actually get me to watch Doctor Who. <laughs> He is, I uh, do. He, I do love David Tennant. I wish he got more screen time in this. Yeah, he's Barty Crouch Jr. and the majority of the movie, he is Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> and I love Brendan Gleeson too. Yeah, oh he's my great god, too. the scene, the classroom scene where he's making the spider thing jump around. He is. He does not give a single fuck. He is laughing maniacally. He's oh yeah. Like that spricket that he makes come to life and dance around and then he tortures and yeah tortures in front of Neville who that's the one kid you don't want to torture some shit in front of because his parents were tortured <laughs> with that same curse. Which brings us back to Professor Snape's a total douchebag because he is Neville's greatest fear when the people who tortured his parents are very much alive. One yeah. of said people who tortured his parents into insanity is Barty Crouch Jr., so yep. Barty Crouch Jr. having tortured this kid's parents to insanity is now torturing a bug in front of them. Of course, because it's now he's the dark arts teacher in this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's that class. I mean, Hogwarts itself is kind of under investigation in the next movie, but it absolutely should be in, under investigation all the time, especially <laughs> for what goes on in that dark arts class. That's... um. <laughs> So Lupin was, uh, up until this point, Lupin was the only good dark arts teacher, Defense Against the Dark Arts. Both character and his actions, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's Defense Against the Dark Arts, not Dark Arts, because at one of the other, we get introduced to the two other schools, and just teaching the dark arts is a subject at one of the other schools. I mean, I feel like, because that's where, um, what's the bitch's name in the, in the next one? Uh the Dolores Umbridge yeah like what's it's like her when she makes him like learn theory it's like mm -hmm. well yeah you kind of got to learn this shit first and then you can start getting into practice it's like having the class and the lab you know mm -hmm. you have the lecture and the lab you know it's they kind of do go hand in hand <laughs> one of the funny things is is knowing that it's Barty Crouch Jr. the old time as Mad-Eye Moody He's one of the best defense against the dark arts teachers they get. <laughs> he is so method in his role. <laughs> he's like, Chuck Collagew's potion the whole time to keep in that role. It's like he's super in there. You know, he's in the pocket with that role. <laughs> like that that whole thing, like he's one of the best of like he's one of the only good defense against the dark arts teachers they get. Yeah, yeah, he knows his shit. 
he conveys it well and he, the kids actually learn some stuff from him like if you look at so professor quirrell you don't actually get anything from his class that he was a bad teacher he just ends up teaming up with Voldemort. yeah i mean that's that's kind of like ruins everything you know yeah <laughs> when, uh, when you're lying yourself with that guy. and then you get gilderoy lockhart who doesn't know shit yeah he's just a fraud you know he's he's got he lucked in he like faked it he faked it until he made it you know <laughs> and unfortunately and, that, that didn't exactly work in the end for him and pixies he had pixies yeah but uh, uh yeah then you have lupin who is the he's the best defense against the dark arts teacher they get throughout the whole series pretty much yeah absolutely and um then you get Moody, a.k.a. Barty Crouch Jr., who's actually an awesome defense against a dark arts teacher, but he's a Death Eater. Right, but he's a villain, you know? <laughs> he's a villain then, in disguise. <laughs> then um, in the next movie, you kind of get two defense against the dark arts teachers. You get Umbridge, who is uh, obviously a joke for, like, a strike against the education system. Like Obviously, that is, yeah. And is the worst villain in this, worse than Voldemort. She is. She sucks. She sucks. She sucks hard. Um, but then you get Harry doing Dumbledore's army where he's teaching them. And Harry's actually a pretty good defense against a dark arts teacher, though he's a student teacher. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's like a tutor. <laughs> you know? And then six, you get Slughorn who comes in to teach potions and Snape takes over defense against the dark arts. Right, right. Which yeah, Snape, okay. by all accounts, would be like, he's a dickhead, but he knows what he's doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because we and we'll get to it. We see that Harry has his cliff notes, to, you know. <laughs> um, and then the seventh movie, you don't really deal with the teachers as much, but... I mean, it's a war. It's yeah, a full you get war. A, they instead of the de defense against the dark arts, they switch it to the dark arts, and you have Death Eaters teaching it. Of course, yeah, mm -hmm. but um, but in this, like we mentioned before, they go to um in the beginning, they go to like the Quidditch World Cup or something like that, and of course, we do get a little bit of a Doctor Who nod because isn't the tent being bigger mm -hmm. on the inside isn't that a doctor who thing yeah yeah it's the uh the tardis the tardis yeah that phone booth or whatever it is mm -hmm. um but yeah so it's like that's pretty cool because in that like we do start off that this movie with like some pretty horrifying shit going on you know it's like a terrorist attack on this yeah. uh, sporting event and it's pretty wild yeah this movie again i'll say for anyone who's not a Harry Potter fan, I could see them say this is the best movie. I mean, yeah, I I I have two major gripes with this movie, and we'll get into them. But it, it's it's fine. Like I I do like it. It it moves at a good pace. Like it, it doesn't really dick around at all. And it's the most action packed. Like it's the movie you could get the most enjoyment out of with out having greater context of the actual harry potter verse yeah i mean whereas i think azkaban was a little better because it kind of it's a mix of both it's like a good adaptation and it's also got like some interesting almost self-contained story in it azkaban know? is is i've stated it last episode azkaban is my favorite book and movie yeah and it's 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 great because like a whodunit, you know. There's some there's some mysterious shit going on, and it's, it's still got one. some like Hogwarts shenanigans too, which is always fun. And it's the only one where uh, Voldemort doesn't show up. Right, Voldemort took a year off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you hit a gap year in torturing Harry. 
<laughs> but um yeah it's like and with order like that that's the thing with these movies now that they've gotten even darker the stuff that happens in hogwarts like the hogwarts like school related stuff kind of stands out even more as like okay well what are we going for here and it's like are we going for the harry's tortured and needs to save the universe from the ultimate evil or are we going for the these kids are just school kids caught up in some crazy scheme <laughs> you know it's <laughs> Well, what do we go for? Because there's is. I'm trying to think. Well, I think it's supposed like it's supposed to be a battle of both. Like Harry wants to be a regular school kid, but is the chosen one and caught up in these. It's this one. It's it's this one. Um, this one's like all over the map tonally. It's it's very much like dark and dire, and everyone's gonna Harry's gonna die, everyone's dead, and all that kind of stuff. But then there's Every time we're at Hogwarts, we're super happy. We're doing some silly shit and we're doing all kinds of goofiness. And and then the darkness comes back. And then we have a prom for some reason. And then the darkness comes back. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Billy Idol needs to sue someone about that song. Right. Oh, yeah, that band. <laughs> that, that bad prom, like, wedding band right there. Yeah. Uh, now, but this one also is where we start to get some of, like, the teen drama, which is one of my least favorite parts of Harry Potter. Like, Ron is insufferable in this movie. Gripe, A number one, with a bullet and a knife stabbed through the A. You know, that is my biggest gripe with this movie. Ron is a complete piece of shit in this movie, and absolutely no reason for him to be the dick that he is in this flick because it really it takes everything that you know about ron and harry's friendship before throws it out the fucking window because harry harry who in this movie this is my other gripe this is number this is point b harry at no point really in this movie says whoa 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 let's let's take a step back here I absolutely did not put my name in this goddamn goblet. I'm not participating in this shit. You know, you can suck well, my dick. <laughs> that's a, this, this movie is the, uh, it's like, what's a one decision that could have made this movie infinitely shorter? Oh, you know, Dumbledore actually isn't a terrible person and just doesn't let Harry participate. Right. You know, like McGonagall, apparently the only fucking decent person at Hogwarts suggests. Yeah, it's like this is serious. Like it's seriously questionable. The entire like thing, you should go. Okay, it's all over. It's we're good. We got our three. We got our three champions. Like five minutes later. Oh wait, the Goblet of Fire kicked another name out. That's never happened ever. Oh, and whose name does it happen to be? It happens to be Harry Potter's name. This is all super suspicious. We're canceling this tournament until we figure this shit out, you know? But no, that's not what they do. They go, well, the co- the cup said he's got to do it, so I guess he's got to yeah, do they it. Never, they never really establish what a binding magical contract means. Right. Yeah, I mean, they should at least set it up where, like, if Harry tries to walk out of the room, he gets electrocuted at the door or something like yeah. that, you know? Have something set up where you go, okay, I guess he has to do it, you know? And every mm-hmm. time he tries to not do it, something horrible happens to him. Rather know? than like, this whole fun. this whole narrative that they're letting him participate to see who, why this happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's like wait, wait, wait. Let's let's see how this plays out. Maybe, uh, maybe in the end he'll survive and be. Maybe it'll be, it'll all just it'll all make sense in the end, you know. And I gotta say, as much as I love Malfoy throughout all of these movies, I miss the kind of childish version of him. 
Well, yeah, and this is where, you know, Tom Felton starts to make his turn, and it's, he's more than an adult, basically, in these movies, and he's the one that's hit the biggest biggest growth spurt, and the change has hit him the most, you know, from growing, but he's, he kind of takes a back seat in the next movie, Mm -hmm. only to be, like, the moody teenager in the third one in the sixth one mm-hmm. like, yeah the sixth movie is very much like his kind of movie but even though he's barely in it like he's yeah. only shown occasionally putting some shit in a cabinet and then waiting and then being so like sulking in the corner you know <laughs> but yeah with this i you do get one of my favorite scenes involving malfoy which is moody turning him into a ferret which has my favorite line in the movie is that a student technically it's a ferret <laughs> right yeah that is a good one <laughs> but um yeah and then there's there's so many points in this movie where harry could just be like suck my dick i'm not doing it you know and then he could go hey ron Guess what, buddy? You've been by my side every minute of every day. And at no point did you see me go anywhere near that goddamn goblet. So you can suck my dick too, because go fuck yourself. You're not my friend. You turned on me like that. And it's all because you had zero evidence and you're just a little bitch about everything. You know, you suck. We're done. (laughs) Oh, and Malfoy doesn't even get the like Malfoy's portrayal in the movies is accurate but they leave out some things about his character where he's actually like super animated and acts out everything and he's also the second smartest student at Hogwarts behind Hermione of course you know it's and well isn't Cedric Diggory like up there good old Ed Cullen yeah I I meant in their grade not at Hogwarts but yeah Cedric you get I I told you about Cedric Diggory in the he shows up in the third book yeah, yeah. Because uh, he he's the seeker for the Hufflepuff Quidditch team. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. He's Hufflepuff's representative, and he dies. <laughs> yeah, he's that guy. Everyone goes Hufflepuff's not so bad. There's Cedric Diggory. Uh, uh, maybe not. <laughs> hey, he's dead. Oh God. <laughs> and another another out. character in this movie that doesn't get the representation she deserves is Fleur Delacour. She is one of the best characters in the books. That's the one that's like obsessed with Harry. No, no, Fleur. Oh, this French chick, the bird, yeah. like the blue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of them, speaking of the the little French girls that come flying in, this movie has a gratuitous ass shot in it. <laughs> when they come running into the beginning, that camera is right on those three girls' asses, and it's yeah. like. Wow, am I watching a Harry Potter movie? This really did grow up, didn't it? (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) But this movie does probably have some of the best action in it, like, throughout. Like, the whole dragon scene looks, is awesome. Yeah, and again, it's like, (laughs) this is where Harry, during that, when he get, when they're drawing the dragons, and Harry gets the one that's, like, Drogon, you know, (laughs) it's like, wait a minute hold on of all of the dragons harry happened to get the one that's like the killer dragon you know the untamable beast that's That's the one that hagrid's like that hungarian horn tail is 
Right. He had to get the most deadly, yeah. dangerous, psychotic dragon. He should be stopped right there. Just be like, no, something is wrong here. No, can we talk? I want one of those mini dragons. Yeah, I mean, those mini dragons are cool. I mean, unless they're like attached to the big dragon, so you also get the large dragon with it, you know? I mean, I would still be like, if I could get one of the tameable dragons, I, I'd take a full-size dragon. Yeah, you don't want that horn tail on. Yeah, that guy, that guy was rough. But the, the Hungarian, like, did they ever catch that? Did they, just, did they catch no. that dragon? Or is that gone. dragon just flying away around in Europe? He's roaming around Europe. They, yeah, dragons have no sense of like, oh, we got to keep Hogwarts a mystery. He's like, no, I'm a dragon and I'm flying the fuck away. <laughs> I'm going to end up in fucking Germany somewhere. <laughs> and the so the Black Lake Challenge has a very like it's very claustrophobic which i think is what they were going for absolutely absolutely in fact the least too (laughs) yeah the least interesting challenge is the last one the one where they're just in the shinings hedge maze yeah (laughs) that like turns on you (laughs) Mm -hmm. now so some other things with this movie that i don't particularly love moaning myrtle is a fine character in the books, I guess. But the fact that she's played by like a 40-year-old creeps me the fuck out. It's disturbing. It's Her whole voice is, oh, it's so gross and creepy and I hate it. And the fact that she was trying to stare at Harry and Cedric's junk is... I mean, she's a ghost. Why does she have to wait for them to be in the shower? You know? <laughs> like in the bath. Like she can do that literally anytime she wants. <laughs> But yeah, no, this is a, this movie, it, despite leaving out a lot, is like the most action-packed, I'd say. It is. It is. And, th- and that's the whole thing. It's like, I'm trying to think. It's like, because one of the bad, one of the favorite, like, obviously, thanks to Hunger Games and this, of course, one of, you know, young adult um, adaptations' favorite things is to put teenagers or preteens in deadly peril you know and do it in a tournament form you know so and also the black lake challenge is fucked up because none of the people that they had to rescue signed up for that shit (laughs) no they're all kidnapped and like put under put asleep and sunk in the water but that's the thing with with uh floor's uh sister who is not able to be saved by her sister because her sister gets sucked down by the little squid people. What would happen to her if everyone else finished and Harry wasn't a good guy? Like, what would happen to her? (laughs) Yeah, if Dumbledore wasn't so maniacal, I would suggest that they probably had, like, because obviously someone had to save Fleur. So so I would assume that they would get the little sister. Yeah, you think somebody? Like, I don't like, know for sure. I can't say right. for certain. Right, like there's there's obviously some sort of underwater referee, like keeping an eye on. Or them. did they did they have something like this challenge would have been really boring to watch unless Dumbledore had like a spell that projected everything that was going on down there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just looking at a dirty lake. <laughs> That's all you're doing. <laughs> One of my favorite Harry Potter memes, there's like Harry Potter comics where all Dumbledore does is make fun of Snape. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> one of the Snape's like, don't you think it'll be boring for the students to just look at the lake? And Dumbledore's like, I thought about it, but then I remember they had to sit in class with your ugly face for the same amount of time. Oh, burn! <laughs> burn! Defense against that, bitch. <laughs> you got Serb. Now, you could, and with Snape, you're going to get more into Snape with the sixth movie, but realistically, he's probably the fourth or fifth strongest character in the Harry Potter series. Yeah, he really does seem like JK uh, gave a shit about making this this character like an actual character because we even get like flashbacks I, f- I forget what movie it is is it half-blood prince or is it the next one where we get the flashbacks where harry learns that his dad's actually a dickhead bully it's the <laughs> it's uh the next it's, it's five next that we get one, those right? in yeah yeah harry finally finds out that his dad that he's thought the, you know the greatest man ever he wants to meet him and all that well, he was really just a childhood bully you know <laughs> yeah but they also don't show the other flashbacks that show that Snape did initially join as a Death Eater, that he was a total jerk. He called or he called Lily a mudblood. Of course. Because that's what you do, apparently. And he's held, held a grudge against an orphan for his parent, for his mom never loving him back and his dad being a dick to him. <laughs> yeah, talk about uh, transference there. You know, it's like, dude, you know it ain't me, right? It's like Billy. It's like a uh, big daddy. It's like you're mad at my you're mad at my mom, not me. I forgive you. you know? <laughs> but um, but then in this movie, we learn that the best way to turn on the girls of Hogwarts is to almost die, because everyone hates Harry. Everyone hates Harry up until he gets the egg from the dragon, which yeah. kills him. He, after that, every single girl in Hogwarts is like, yeah, I'm going to fuck that guy. <laughs> Except he couldn't get a date for the, uh, he couldn't get a date for the ball for a while. Well, it's because he didn't, apparently there's some archaic, like, you know, uh, dating rules at Hogwarts where the man has to ask the, the girl, boy has to ask the girl. All of those girls, Harry would have had like 15 invitations if the girls were allowed to walk up to him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's, <laughs> what? That's uh, I think it's in the sixth movie where he where there's like a girl looking at Harry in the library and smiling at him, and Hermione is like, she's only interested because she thinks you're the chosen one. He's like, well, yeah. I am the chosen one. I know he does that. He's like, well, dude, I'm. I think you know what, Harry, you know what, Hermione. Now that you brought it out and made it a put it out in the world, I'm gonna go leverage that and I'm gonna get laid for once, you know. <laughs> Hey, chosen one right here. You want it? Want to be one of the last I do before I die? <laughs> want to get it in before I die? <laughs> I'm Harry Potter. <laughs> and that brings up so naturally told me about Harry Potter's love life. Ginny has to get brought up, who definitely gets the worst adaptation for a character from book to film. She's so much better in the books. Is she? Is she good? Yeah, because she's barely in any of the movies up until like the next one. Mm-hmm. And then especially Half-Blood Prince, she gets a lot to do as well. Yeah, she's, and she's, she's mostly in the next one. So she's like, in the book, she's a lot more entertaining. She's a lot cooler. She's a lot more conversational. And she's like the second best player on the Quidditch team behind Harry. Yeah, there you go. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, why not? And why not make 
there also be like another strong female character besides Hermione, you know? It's mm-hmm. it's like, come on, JK, what are we doing? <laughs> and then again, like a lot of the female characters do not get good uh good portrayals in the movies. Their book portrayals are mostly better. McGonagall is one of the few ones that gets a great portrayal. She's that's, all... you know that's Maggie Smith being like, yeah. I am not gonna become a stock character. I am Maggie fucking Smith. <laughs> you know, uh, Luna Lovegood gets a decent. Hey, picture. we we Luna Lovegood. We will talk about officially next movie because that chick is my favorite character in all of these movies. <laughs> Luna's I love awesome. her so much. <laughs> she is by far. Far and away, my favorite character to ever come out of these movies. I absolutely mm-hmm. love Luna. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and then, of course, there's, and we mentioned it before, you know, Ed Cullen, a.k.a. Robert Pattinson, a.k.a. Pattinson. He gets capped in this movie by Voldemort, and within 10 minutes, he's already a force ghost because they have those in, in Hogwarts. Well, what? no, that again, that's explained better in the books because Harry's wand and Voldemort's wand uh, came from the same core, the phoenix tail feather. So their wands have the same core. So when they battle, like when they cross, it sort of sparks a connection between the wands. So Voldemort's wand releases the ghost of people he's killed. Oh, okay, gotcha. But like, but... And Cara, you know, Cara, we were obviously watching this together and because she's like, I'm not missing a minute of any of these movies, you know, because she loves them. But she doesn't, she she fully says that she cries every time and she kind of welled up this time, but mostly she didn't because I was kind of pointing out how ridiculous it is. But she doesn't die when Cedric, she doesn't cry when Cedric dies. You know, she's fine with that. She cries when the father comes in and is like wailing and just going yeah. for it. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here laughing, just like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, maybe settle down, dude. You're a not a recognizable actor as far as anyone can tell. Yeah. And B, you ain't getting the Oscar for this 30-second wailing session you're doing here. <laughs> that the uh and the thing with that is uh the cursed child, the Broadway play, uh focuses heavily on him because he wants Harry to uh go back in time and stop Voldemort from killing. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Come on. Isn't that the one that like JK wrote after all this, like recently? Yeah. Oh, come on. You are, you are scraping the barrel for, you know, characters to adapt in that sense. You can't just throw time travel and trying to unwrite like a death. You know, what are we doing here? I would much rather see, like, you know, the Snape story or something like that, you know? Or I want to see Luna's, like, adventures. (laughs) You know that shit goes on, like, Luna has as fucked up of a childhood as anyone else in this, so. I want to see Luna Lovegood's movie. I really do. I'll take a six-hour movie of that. It's like a (laughs) Snyder Cut version of that. She's, she, I love this chick. (laughs) (laughs) Luna is... And you like the story behind her casting. The girl they got cast as Luna actually went to uh, the re- the reason she got cast was so she went to get an autograph from J.K. Rowling at a uh, book signing, and I believe she is she had some eating disorder, and um, J.K. Rowling said if you could beat this, you you get a part in the movies. 
at a girl <laughs> and way to steal the goddamn show you know <laughs> what she, she is perfect at him <laughs> she's awesome i love her so much but yeah i mean i don't i don't have a lot more to say about this movie other than the fact that like it really would have been a lot better had anybody acted normally for most of it you know <laughs> we did harry did you put your name in the goblet of fire did you have someone no, else <laughs> he said calmly. i did <laughs> i definitely didn't you know he i said didn't. calmly <laughs> right exactly he said calmly yeah. uh, like, uh, my last thing on this is uh we get ray fines as voldemort as voldemort and i does. fucking love him <laughs> yep yeah voldemort the noseless man finally makes an appearance at the end of this movie and it's, i love how he says uh the, how he does the cruciatus curse he's like crucio <laughs> Yep. And Ray finds is holding nothing back. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, nah, he is going for it. He really is. And wait, did we even mention her? Isn't this uh, our first movie with Bellatrix? No, next movie. You sure? Yeah. She doesn't appear in like one scene in this movie? I don't think so. Is That's not the prison break, isn't it, at the end of this movie? No, no, that's next movie. Uh, okay, then never mind. Never mind. We'll hold off. But um, all right, so why don't we do our first beer check-in? How's your beer? Doing good, going slowly on it. Uh, it's a—I mean, I'm already a little hungover today, and it's a stout. <laughs> yeah, not exactly the best hangover beer. <laughs> no, but I do enjoy it. I'm not a big stout person, and I do like this one though. Yeah, I'm about to finish my uh, my wigwag from Eight and Sand, which is uh, very good. It's uh, very very good. Though it is a pain because it's in a 750 milliliter bottle rather than uh, like a the big old magnum or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have like a resealable cap or anything. So no. It does it have one of those like chain ones where like you flip it off and it's like a car a cork. No. No. I like those openers. <laughs> I do too. But as I burp off camera or off mic. <laughs> Uh, but so now we're going to move on to 2007's Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, which is now directed by series finisher David Yates. This guy has done The Legend of Tarzan with Alexander Skarsgård and the Harry Potter movies and the Fantastic Beast movies, actually. So, but we won't be talking about them. We will be talking about the rest of his work. In this podcast, as the rest of this episode, and next week because uh, this pretty much here, all this here's all you have to say about the Fantastic Beast movies. First one's entertaining enough, I guess. Didn't need to be made. Second one, straight up screws with the source material and is so convoluted. Yeah, instead of saying Fantastic Beast and whatever, it should just be a loud fart noise. <laughs> that should just be the title. <laughs> no parentheses fart noise. <laughs> Now, I think Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is the most underrated Harry Potter movie. And I think this movie is just fine, except for the fact that Dumbledore is proven to be the biggest piece of shit in the Hogwarts universe. (laughs) Because what's his way of going about things? Nobody tell Harry a goddamn thing. Ignore him all the time. Do not let me see that motherfucker because I want him to think I hate him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore is Dumbledore. <laughs> straight up a bad person. <laughs> 
it's like that's like that meme with that frat bro i am straight up not having a good time you know now you dogly gets uh, even more annoying in this well this is the one where he's dressed like a soccer hooligan and harry has to save him from the death eaters not from uh oh not the the uh they, the Dementors. Uh, the Dementors, that's it, yeah. Yeah, every time I see it, it's like Death Eaters, because the Death Eaters, like, you picture Death Eater, which is essentially... A Dementor, Dementor is literally, a, well, it's a happiness eater, but... <laughs> right, well, it looks like they're eating and they're made of death, like that kind of thing, you know? It's like, that could I could see that, but yeah, the Dementors, I apologize. Mm-hmm. The Dementors, like, show up on this random soccer field or whatever, or football field. In the books, it's made clear that uh, Umbridge sends the Dementors. Right. Well, I'm sorry. It's not a football field. It's a playground. Because isn't Harry sitting on like a swing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then they get chased off. And unfortunately, Dudley is exposed to these things. And he's basically catatonic after this fact. <laughs> but Harry, for saving his life, what happens to Harry? He gets put on trial for using magic in the human world and exposing no. wizardry to the fucking humans, even though it's his cousin who already knows about it yeah. <laughs> and just happened to, you know, almost die. You know, so good job, Harry. Way to save a kid's life, but fuck you, you're gonna you're getting expelled. <laughs> well, this is where Cornelius Fudge, the minister of magic. He's really the most important villain in the series because if he handles anything with any sense of logic, then Voldemort coming back ends up being not that big. Like, it's a big deal, but it ends up being, as soon as he's, if you go after him as soon as he's back, if you believe Harry and don't start trying to uh, do a smear campaign on him and Voldemort, then you can kind of handle the situation without you know Voldemort having a full fucking year to gain power right and that's the thing in Dumbledore he saves Harry from getting expelled at the tribunal or whatever he gets him off basically and then he just fucking runs away before Harry can even say thank you he just sprints (laughs) out of there and then what happens after that is the Ministry of Magic essentially takes over Hogwarts. They put everyone on lockdown. Dolores Umbridge is given free reign to do whatever the hell she wants. And Dumbledore the whole time is just like, you know what? I'm going to peace out for a while until I have to show up every now and then to save Emma Thompson's job or like make sure she's not thrown out in the streets. Um, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to say some random, then I'm going to leave again. And then Eventually, it's going to get to the point where Harry's going to be so pissed off at me. He's going to basically snap and be possessed by, like, Voldemort a bit and be like, look at me, you know? <laughs> Just look at me! Now, <laughs> like, you know, it's like in the Dark Knight, which Harry was watching today. Look at me, you know? <laughs> it's funny, because your character always seems to have, like, he he's always brings a light presence is Arthur Weasley. I love him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's like, as they say, he's like, like they say, justice will prevail. Yes. <laughs> like, like he's trying to think of like a muggle saying, and he's like, I got that right, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, because that, and that implies in the wizard world that justice does not prevail when it should. 
So there is no phrase for it to happen. Which, and of course it makes sense that, you know, because it's corrupt as hell anyway. It's just, you know, a kangaroo court. Harry's gone. If Dumbledore didn't show up, Harry was going to be convicted regardless. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was the whole, you're not allowed to speak for yourself. You're only allowed to answer the questions we ask you. Right. But, that's, but here's the thing. All of this, this entire movie can be negated. If Dumbledore just does the little memory poll thing that he does on Harry. So, hey, look, here's the videotape of what Harry saw. Oh, my God, that's Voldemort. What the hell is going on? You know, <laughs> we yeah. have suddenly solved this problem. You know what? <laughs> you know, it's there's a lot of things that you would, that magic should take care of in these movies. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many different times, but especially with something so important like this, you know, you need, you have the ability to pull video footage out of a yeah. person's head and show it. <laughs> Reel your little like bird feet, like bird bath in there, Dumbledore, drop it in the water and then shove the dude's face into it. <laughs> you know, the same thing could have been done with Harry seeing Voldemort come back. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's insane. This whole movie, and then of course, like you said, there's a smear campaign against Harry. This whole movie should really be called Harry Potter and the Gaslighting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what it should be called. <laughs> and really another thing, another thing, Sirius Black should have never went to prison because of the memory thing. <laughs> exactly. And, and oh. once Sirius Black was out of prison, Fudge could have been like, oh, oh, he was innocent. Peter Pettigrew's alive. Uh, Maybe we, maybe we don't look, maybe he's not a fugitive anymore. If he does all of that, he still has his job at the end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he could just keep being the minister, the leader of the head of the Ministry of Magic, you know? Well, but that was the thing. So when that's something that isn't entirely brought up in the movies that, and it is brought up in the books is how Fudge got the job. He was like the third or fourth choice for the Minister of Magic position when he was put in. Right. The first was Dumbledore, who turned it down um, because he didn't trust himself with that much power. Yeah, he'd rather just fuck with school kids. <laughs> this, the, uh, the second was Barty Crouch Sr., but after his son got put up, ended up going to ask them for being a Death Eater, and that came out about him, that like ruined his chances. And then there, I it was either King, uh, and then you either had Fudge or someone else, and then Fudge was either the third or fourth choice. Yeah, I mean, Barty Crouch Sr. probably had to go on to do his uh, Hitler impersonations, you know, around the world, because that dude's got a Hitler stash. No, he really. does. He looks just like fucking Hitler. <laughs> like, I had to go through his IMDb to, like, I was like, I swear I've seen him play Hitler in something, <laughs> you know, but apparently he is not so <laughs> and that's another thing that doesn't get portrayed in the movies is how much how impressive he is as a wizard <laughs> exactly yeah and then but this whole movie there's so many times in this movie where people ask harry if he's all right and harry's response is not nah man i'm pretty fucking far from okay you know <laughs> yeah every time she'd be like uh-uh no, not the question to ask me. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Umbridge uh, comes in and like takes power over Hogwarts. They show the little the little montage of her like 
changing things around the school. And my particular favorite is when she's talking to Snape. She's like, you first applied for the Defense Against the Dark Arts position. Is that correct? Yes. And uh, you were unsuccessful at getting it? Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah, just Rickman's performance in that. He's like, yes. <laughs> Obviously. But, <laughs> you know? Like, Snape, I can't believe Snape did not play a bigger part in trashing Umbridge. Because, like, I could, he would be, like, out of anyone at the school, I feel like Snape would be like, fuck this person. <laughs> Especially with all the nefarious shit he's doing behind the scenes. She could fuck any of that up. You know, she could really throw a big kink in any of these plans. Like, what's to say that Malfoy doesn't do some shit that pisses her off and she expels him, you know? <laughs> or she tortures him, you know? But I see the, the Malfoy, uh, Malfoy's like on one of her Inquisitor things. Like, he's, he's, right, one, of the, he's one of the guys that's helping her. But still, like, there's, there's no, at no point in her regime does she ever show like a sense of real loyalty like if, no. if, if she feels threatened she's going to go after you and uh, she the only person she is loyal to is cornelius fudge right because it's her boss you know <laughs> but yeah this i mean the old like i said the only thing she does right is like try to get these kids started with some theory about dark arts like you, you got to know the basics you know you got to know the history before you can move forward and learn to like, like the uh like the specific stuff but i do like that there's a bit of a nod to like uh not obviously not the american education system because it's a british you know, movie but obviously like the outdated textbooks that they're using they're using textbooks from like the 40s you know <laughs> it's like just completely old as hell and you know it's so funny like hermione's look on her face is just like Ew, <laughs> you know, I have to touch this thing. Ew, where's my new book? <laughs> but of course, ah, we finally get her. We finally are introduced to Luna Lovegood in this movie. <laughs> she has some of the best quotes. <laughs> where I, at the end of the movie, where they're like, oh, the kids apparently have been stealing them and hiding them from all my possessions oh, from me. Possessions. <laughs> Her worldly possession. She's just on a scavenger hunt now. She doesn't care. <laughs> she... <laughs> she just... And I love the little relationship with her and Neville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that she's so casually, because in this one, we find out that since Harry has been in the face of death or whatever it is, he can now see like creatures at Hogwarts that no Festral. one. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's him and Luna because Luna's apparently witnessed some shit too, so she can. Ah, uh, she witnessed her mom die. Yes, there you go. But I say that's all well and good. Sure, her mom did. She witnessed it. Whatever. No, 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 no. This chick is obviously on all of the drugs, just all of them. <laughs> she is seeing things that no one would ever see, regardless of watching her mother die. You know. Yeah. <laughs> she is constantly high. <laughs> And it's amazing. <laughs> I, in the next movie, we get to see your goofy glasses that I love. <laughs> oh, those big, like, red ones or whatever? Yeah. Or, like, like the sparkly, like, rainbowy ones? Yeah, the, the ones that she wears at the beginning on the train. That's how she finds Harry. And it that one, yeah, find... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those things are cool. Like, she just, like, she just left a... Left... She just left like a rave or something. Like she's coming down off a of Molly binge and she's still got her glasses and her shit, like crazy shit on. 
She's still <laughs> seeing kids in invisible cloaks laying on the floor that no one else is going to see. You know, she, I love her so much. She's, and just the way she talks is so great, too. She's like, oh, Harry. <laughs> She's very, like, very, like, ethereal, very, yeah. uh, very sing-songy. She's so good. She's, and like, she just walks around barefoot in the castle. <laughs> yeah, she she's, doesn't care. She's the Harry Potter equivalent of, like, a hippie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, she, oh, she's the best. She is just the best. But <laughs> this movie, it's, oh, man, it's it's unfortunate that she appears in this movie because the rest of the movie around her is so dark. Yeah. It makes her even st- stand out even more because of how not dark she is. But yeah. at the same time, the stuff she says, you're going to go, holy hell, that's dark as shit. Yeah. And she says it so happily. <laughs> so happily. Like this, she lives in a perpetual state of like just nightmares. But she doesn't care. She takes it in stride. She's a happy-go-lucky girl, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie I do think is underrated because I think Umbridge, well, I love the introduce, the introduction of Luna. I think Umbridge, pe- the reason people hate Umbridge so much is she's very real-world evil. You can have an Umbridge at your office. You can have an Umbridge as your boss. You can. <laughs> people have had her as a teacher, you know? <laughs> she's the definition of a Karen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's like people's mom, you know? Like people, like that. she is very much a real person. <laughs> and I think she gets a pretty incredible adaptation from book to, to film. Yeah, I could imagine she's probably pretty accurate, yeah. Um, you get, I, I love Maggie Smith standing up to her. <laughs> yeah, but then she gets bitched out by her too. Because yeah. her dad, little step up on the stairs thing to see who's like to be taller during their little point but then maggie smith's like oh no oh no and she steps down like a couple of you are maggie smith what are you doing (laughs) you get back up that step (laughs) maggie smith really get will get her moments in next week (laughs) yeah i mean of course she's she's maggie smith you know it's you you can't really say anything else but the fact that she's she maggie smith you know Mm -hmm. um and the other thing with this is, so I like that Sirius Black gets a lot of, I like, he gets the most, this is the movie he gets the most screen time. Yep, he does. And uh, yeah, Gary kind of gets to wear the, uh, like the pirate, like the, like the pirate uh, puffy shirt from Seinfeld a lot, you know, he's got a lot yeah. of weird clothes, you know. <laughs> that's the, he's not, that's not how he's supposed to be in the books, really. Like, he's supposed to be more of, like, kind of a suave, cool, like, I feel like he might wear band tees and stuff like that. <laughs> like, yeah, almost like a punk absolutely. rocker. Yeah, he would, he would definitely be wearing, like, a class shirt, you know? <laughs> but he, he, the motorcycle that Hagrid brings Harry to uh, the Dursleys on, uh, that's his motorcycle. He gives it to Hagrid to uh, take to get Harry to safety. Yeah. Okay. But he's supposed to be kind of like a cool biker. Yeah. And in this, he's just kind of like a eccentric British 
fop, you know? No, <laughs> so I do love Gary Oldman as him. Of course. You know, again, it's another case of the actor is perfect for the role, you know? I And I love, love that instead of casting a spell at Lucius when he first shows up, he just goes, get away from my godson, right hook. Yep. Bam! <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Uh, and I love the opening where you actually get to see like the order of the Phoenix with uh, like yeah, you, have, every, you have Remus Lupin, you have all of the big actors are are part of this fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> you get uh, you get Moody coming back, and this is where you start to really see the Game of Thrones Harry Potter because you get Nat- uh, Natalia Tena coming in. Talks, aka what OSHA in Game of Thrones? Yeah. The girl that runs away with Rick and Stark and then dies immediately. Dies? Because she doesn't die on screen, does yeah, she? Yeah, she does. She did? Yeah, in season six. Is it is it right before Rick and can't run in a zigzag pattern? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, she uh she tries to you know how she got away from Theon. She sexed Theon up and then got away. She tries right. to do the thing the same thing with Ramsey and Ramsey stabs her in the neck. Of course. Why not? Yeah, I don't remember any of that. I just remember Rick and Stark not running in a serpentine pattern and just getting shot mm-hmm. down like an easiest target ever. <laughs> but yeah, it's and with this movie, I there is some there is some fun stuff like the uh, like the Weasley twins are running like they're like black market. Yeah, the, the whole firework dragon thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly that black market candy racket they got going on and. Like they're really just setting the line, like the foundation for their business empire that they eventually set up in the next movie. <laughs> and of course, we get Helena Bon Bonham Carter. <laughs> yes, we do. We get Bellatrix Lestrange, who all right. And she she mentioned she was my my wife, my lovely wife. I love her to death. But she was like, "All right, you guys have to talk about how this is Helena Bonham Carter's uh, best role ever." And I was like, "Well, she was Marla Singer." So that's number one. And Nick Carroll's like, no, absolutely not. Like, she was, like, legit mad at me for saying that. <laughs> so. Now, it, so it's basically what do you – what it, uh, I agree that Marla Singer, Marla Singer is her best character. Yeah. Though, Bella, like, she gets to go a lot more over the top with Bellatrix, yeah, which is this, fun. This is more of an acting performance, you know, mm-hmm. whereas Marla is more of just a, an eccentric – Version. I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, she's more of an eccentric version. It's like I have more of a right to be here than you. Technically, you still got your balls, you know. <laughs> but yeah, she's just a more eccentric version of like an eccentric, like kind of like a like a like a schemer or whatever. But Bellatrix mm-hmm. is a full old, full blown like character, you know. Whereas, but most of this movie, all she's doing is like. She's in a little buzz, a bustier, and like she's yelling, oh, I can see Rius Black. You know, that's yeah. And I love, I love when she, her like first introduction to Harry, she's going, itty, bitty, babies. Potter. Right. <laughs> Potter. And the offhand line to Neville, where she's like, Neville on the bottom, is it? How's mom and dad? Right. Yeah. She, she's one of the people that tortured them to. Yeah. So it's like it's it's yeah she is really good at playing you know evil essentially and she's crazy evil too so it's even better but um she's somebody's cousin or something right Sirius Black's that's right yes 
but um but yeah so yeah obviously Helen Bob Carter shows up and then there's okay now I just <laughs> there's the other we mentioned the other guys in the Order of the Phoenix and the uh the black guy I can't I don't remember the character George name. Harris he plays Kingsley Shacklebot yeah that's it when um and he becomes after all the war is over Kingsley Shacklebot becomes Minister of Magic of course and well deserved I would think but yeah because he's the he's like the only non-Weasley member of the Order of the Phoenix that survives by the end of it <laughs> yeah why not yeah <laughs> why not make him that but um yeah, so when when the Order of the Phoenix goes to come like arrest quote unquote Dumbledore and Dumbledore does the whole like peace out with this Phoenix, yeah. you know, he disappears with a Phoenix. That guy's just like, you may not like him, Minister, but you can't deny Dumbledore's got style. <laughs> you know, I was like, Yep. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> the best way to leave a room, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, we finally get some diversity to the uh, magical world with his introduction. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very, uh, very shades of pale, you know, coming to this point. And we get a little color, and, uh, no pun intended, but yeah, it's, well, pun half intended, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, there's, it, there's there's so much going on in this one that's kind of like it i don't know it's weird because this one kind of runs together with some of the other ones for me probably because this is the one where they start just setting up and leaving it open for sequels and leading into the mm -hmm. next one you know so it's like oh did this happen in this or did this happen in this one i can't remember but because in because this is the one where we get harrod hagrid's brother alfred e newman yeah nope. yeah that's that's one of the things that like that never comes up again <laughs> no never he's just there in that one scene to pick up dolores umbridge and then put her back down so the centaurs can gang rape her yeah, that, that's gotta be what happens <laughs> it has to be she's gotta there's definitely she's not leaving there alive let alone intact oh no she you know? she does live i know but you would think in reality these centaurs are worked the fuck up, yeah. stomping and you know the hell out of her. You know that would be a stampede, and she'd be dead. Never mind the fact that they also got human tops, so we can do whatever the hell with that that they would want to. <laughs> are you implying that we're going to get something similar to the ending of Clerks Two? <laughs> you goddamn right. <laughs> Only with like a hundred centaur angry centaurs. <laughs> Because that's the shit that JK probably wanted to put in the book, <laughs> but knew she couldn't. <laughs> now, one thing that this this movie, I mean, people say it's slow, which isn't totally wrong. It is a slower burn. But yeah. the ending fight between Dumbledore and Voldemort alone makes this movie worth watching. It's pretty cool. It really is. It's really I feel cool. like that's the closest we get to see to two peak wizards going at it yeah it is yeah and they're doing their whole you know back and forth all that they're evenly matched and blah blah that's like the prophecy it's like well one lives the other must die or something like that no the pro that's involving harry not dumbledore well the way it comes up in the movie it's like they're evenly matched and while one's alive one must die it's like well yeah dumbledore just with Voldemort, you know why couldn't you say Harry? You know? Yeah, no, because that implies the uh, 
Because that's referencing to the Horcrux that lives within Harry. Of course, yeah, of course. The fucking Horcruxes. We'll get to the Horcruxes. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, so that fight is what I would consider, like, I, and it's one of the only fights, like, you get to the next movies, the fights are entirely green beam versus red beam. Yep. Or just, like, sudden, like, flashes or stuff like that. This fight, you actually get to see, like, you get to see a giant fire snake. You get to see Dumbledore controlling water around him. You get to see, uh, you get to see him launch a bunch of glass at them, and Voldemort er, and Dumbledore does like the spell that turns it into sand. And <laughs> right, yeah, imagine that shit when he does that. It's like, oh, good, we almost had a bunch of glass shards in us. Now we're covered in sand. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> It's saving my life, but damn, how fucked up saying this. <laughs> but uh, Come on, dude. so at this point, it is implied that Dumbledore is still stronger than Voldemort. I mean, he would be because yeah. he's he's been alive, you know. Whereas Dumbledore, like, Voldemort's coming back, you know, and so like he's still you, gonna gain some power. Um, and if Harry, in the book, there's some indication that if Harry wasn't there for Dumbledore to be protecting then Dumbledore could have apprehended Voldemort. I could say it. Yeah, I could say it. But, uh, yeah, and then just, like, performance-wise in this movie, this is, like, I do, like, you got to give credit to Daniel Radcliffe here because this Mm -hmm. whole movie, he's, like, just simmering rage and, like, haunted looks. Like, the dude's got a stare like no other, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen some shits there. Mm -hmm. But, like... I I do think... So, this is the movie where... Well, Emma, so uh, Emma Watson has been consistently getting better with the movies, I think, in yeah. terms of performances. Yeah. Um, this is one of the best versions of Ron we get. Yeah, yeah, Ron's like, Ron's like his buddy, you know, again, and it's, is this, okay, again, like, this is the Half-Blood Prince, I'm trying to, hopefully I'm not crossing him over. Is this, the, this where, is the Order of the Phoenix. Well, no, no, no. I know, no. I was talking in my head that I'm not. I'm trying to yeah. think of the Half Blood Prince. If that's what I'm thinking of. Um, is this Are you the, thinking about where Ron is in the relationship? No, 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 no. I know that's. Is that this one? No, that's the next one. That's the next one. Yeah, but no. What I was thinking of is when Harry, like, suddenly appears. His stuff appears at the Weasleys' house. Oh, is that the next one? I think so. um because no like like Mrs. Weasley like sees Jenny's like oh Oh yeah Harry, yeah right? that is the next one cuz that yeah. the, the next one's where Voldemort goes and picks Harry up at like the subway station it's Dumbledore Har- Dumbledore picks up Dumbledore, so you did what Dumbledore. I did last week <laughs> Yeah Voldemort is is it well and that that would actually make more sense for Voldemort because he cock blocks him <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's like, oh, come with me, Harry. You know, oh, that girl you were probably going to have a date with and get some. No, fuck off. We got to do some wizard shit. Bye. <laughs> Grab on this, teleport. <laughs> this movie, you do get some of the better, like, I love Voldemort's, or not Dumbledore's speech at the end to Harry. He's like, it's not how you're alike. It's how you're different. Yeah, but even that, like, Harry would be sitting there like, dude, you ignored me for like a year. Yeah. Get fucked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> How about letting me in on the secret, asshole? You know? <laughs> you 
maybe have somebody say he's doing it for a reason. It's like, <laughs> uh, okay, I blindly trusted this man so far. I can wait out a couple more months. But no, that's not what we get. <laughs> I'll also, the gut wrench where Harry and Sirius Black are uh, fighting next to each other, and Sirius goes, nice one, James. Oh, that's a gut punch. It's like, <laughs> you know I'm, you know I'm not. You know, not my dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God, you're dead. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> you know, can't believe I don't feel better about this. <laughs> oh, but the, the whole ministry, the uh, battle of the de- uh, the battle of the Department of Mysteries is pretty awesome to see every, like, the Order of the Phoenix go against the Death Eaters. Yeah. And this is the one, yeah. Again, this is the one where they're like, is this the one where they're running through the uh, the Hall of Globes and yeah. Crystal Balls and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah where uh, Jason Isaacs gets to do uh, some more creepy mm-hmm. Lucius um, Malfoy things. But I keep wanting to call him Lucius Fox, you know. Just get, yeah. some, get, get Morgan Freeman in that role. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Morgan Freeman as Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to recast Jason Isaacs. Uh Let's put I Morgan. do. I want Morgan Freeman as Jason Isaacs. <laughs> um, like, imagine Morgan Freeman as I'm trying to think. Imagine Dumbledore. Morgan Freeman, Dumbledore. <laughs> but make him his character and wanted. <laughs> Shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then of course, yeah, that whole battle is pretty cool. And then, uh, then of course, you know, like Sirius dies and Harry. This is where you, Cedric is like the first major uh, death, but I think Sirius is where like, oh, okay, characters are going to start getting killed off more. Until they all come back at one point, right? Like they're all brought back at some point, aren't they? Um, the ret. So Harry talks to them because of the resurrection stone. Like yeah, he talks to their ghosts. Yeah, it's like to the force goes. So there, yeah. there's at least that. No one's truly dead. But um, yeah, and then you know, just there's all yeah, you know, just there's this one. It's like okay, it's fine. I want to go, but of course, you know, like the whole time I'm screaming, like I want more Luna. I want more Luna. Yeah. Good. Her Patronus is a rabbit. Are we seriously not seeing the Alice in Wonderland shit going on with this? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she is based off of Alice in Wonderland. She would have to be, because you know she's got some shit that makes her bigger, some shit that makes her smaller, you know? She's got all that goodies there that she needs, you know, while she's at her, you know, British Coachella in those glasses or whatever. <laughs> she's just going crazy, raving on her Molly trips and all that. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I got nothing left. Oh, wait, I got one more thing for this movie. Did you see the, did you look at the credits at all? No. All right. There are two characters credited. I didn't catch the actor's names, but in the in the mm-hmm. list of uh, actors, there is character named Slightly Creepy Boy and <laughs> Somewhat Doubtful Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who they were, and it's not obviously standing out in my mind that these that there was some slightly creepy boy in there, but. <laughs> I can only imagine it's probably somewhere in the beginning, you know, where um, 
there's some creepy shit in the background but yeah it was just i was like really a harry potter movie with like gag credits okay <laughs> i also one character that doesn't get as much screen time as he does in the book um is percy weasley he's the uh he's the older brother that's like the uh like the head boy and the precepts like in the second movie He's the one that catches. Uh, oh, he's like the uh, he's like the hall monitor. Yeah. He's a Weasley. Yeah. Get out of here. Is he a brother or is he? Yeah. Really? How yeah, do they don't really bring up the because so there are there are seven Weasley siblings. Okay, I said there's Ron, the brothers, Ginny, this nerd, the hall monitor, and then nerd. there are two older brothers. The one you. The one is the, they go to his wedding in the seventh movie. Okay. And okay. the other one actually doesn't really, he, he's in some of the pictures they show, but he's a bigger part of the book. Like, he actually doesn't get shown in the movies very, like, at all. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, but Percy know. Weasley is supposed to be a huge, huge douchebag throughout, like, most Well, of he is because he's a fucking hall monitor, man. He's a narc. <laughs> yeah, but he gets like in this one, he gets a job at like an internship at the Ministry of Magic, I think, and he's on Umbridge's side. And of course, because he's a dick, you know. <laughs> but at right, one so. point, he tells his or he tells his dad that he like hates him. Which yeah. how can you how can you hate Arthur Weasley? You can't unless you're a dick, <laughs> you know. Unless you're a hall monitor snitch. What is the purpose of a rubber duck? That's right. Yeah, and I guess you can't even call him a snitch in this universe because that's something different. Because you know? <laughs> snitches can't technically get stitches or end up in ditches, you know, because they're magical balls things. with wings. <laughs> yeah, they're balls with wings. They're gonna fly away. But um, yeah. So I'm done with that. Yeah, probably good on that one. On uh, order of order of the Arizona Phoenix, <laughs> or order of Phoenix Arizona. But uh, so Mike, final beer checking. How is it? I am slowing down a lot on drinking it. It is heavy, but it does taste good. Good. Yeah, my wig wag is pretty good. I'm about halfway through my second one. It's it's pretty tasty. So, on to number six, the final movie we'll talk about tonight, which is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince from 2009. Again, directed by David Yates, because like we said, he directed the rest. And... We find out that, of course, Harry Potter or Harry Potter fucks. Harry's yeah. trying to get wet. He's trying to get it in. And Dumbledore's a goddamn cockblock. That's all he is. <laughs> Harry absolutely fucks. <laughs> he's picking up waitresses and diners. He's about to get on and with his crazy magic newspaper that apparently that's okay to read in the muggle world. You know, but... He's he's about to use it to pick up some uh, some hot wait uh, diner waitress, but an old man in a in a bathrobe shows up outside and says, "Hey, come touch my arm. Let's teleport places." And he's like, "Well, guess I'm not getting laid tonight. Got to go with the old man." <laughs> <laughs> now this is my least favorite full Harry Potter movie. I say full Harry Potter movie because seven part one can go fuck itself. <laughs> Because that's a half a movie. <laughs> yeah. But, but this because this movie is the worst adaptation from book to film. Is it now? 
from among the Harry Potter movies anyway. Because the, the book, I would say, is the best or second best right up there with uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. And I'd say this movie is bottom two. I mean, I can see it being the worst adaptation because it does feel like a lot is left out of it. It focuses entirely on the wrong aspects of the book. It focuses all on the teen drama while they're at Hogwarts. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't care about Ron's psycho girlfriend. <laughs> I don't care. I really don't. <laughs> no, I don't think this is a bad movie. Like I, I will say Harry Potter 7 Part 1. I don't like to watch it. I will still watch this one. <laughs> yeah. And of course in this one, like we said about the teen drama, we also, uh, excuse me, yawning. We also we also meet the uh, the Rick Darris of Hogwarts, which is Cormac McWhatever his name is McLogger and McLogger Login whatever the fuck, um, the dude that's like after Hermione, yeah, and like goes out to try out for goalie, you know, at the uh, or keeper in the Quidditch game. Like the dude looks like Rick Darris from Clerks, you know. Yeah. He's got he's got even got like a neck thing that Rick Darris does, you know. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, it's British Rick Darris. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the best things uh, about this movie is Jim Broadbent as Slughorn. Jim Broadbent is a goddamn British treasure. He's an American treasure. He's just a treasure. I love that guy. He's so good, <laughs> and he delivers what I would consider the most like heart crushing speech in this when he talks about uh the fish harry's mom gave him oh is that is that during the scene when oh i was thinking more along the scene where he um where he's drunk with haggard yeah that's the haggard scene. that's the same story yeah where he where uh lily gave or it was a uh you go through the whole story and he's like yeah, there was a fish on there. There was a flower that turned into a fish. It was some of the most beautiful magic I've ever seen. And then suddenly it was back to a flower. It was a lily. And oh. then you realize the magic stopped because Harry's mom died. Yeah. Oh, and that just, and that just break your heart. Of course, he delivers in a drunken fugue, you yeah. know, in a drunken fugue state. Him and Harry, him and Hagrid are drunkenly singing. And Harry's coming down off that uh, that like luck potion high that he's on, where he's like, he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. We no, gotta do this is the I, greatest thing ever. <laughs> that's a another tip my hat to Daniel Radcliffe because I <laughs> like when he's talking to Slughorn and like when they're in the uh, when they're in the horticulture place, he's like, well, why don't you come with me, Professor? Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's like when uh, when they find out that Aragog died or whatever, <laughs> he's just kind of like he's like doing like the hand. He's like, "Well, that sucks." Yeah, he's got the fangs. He's like, "Oh, and the pincers or whatever." Yeah, he's like, he's like, I, 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 like spiders are very uh, they're very misunderstood creature. I t I think it's the eyes that creep people out. And Harry goes, and the pincers. Yeah, it's like in the the fangs or whatever. It's yeah. like, All right, that's good. Yeah, you know, like because it's. And it had to be a relief for Radcliffe just to be able to be kind of goofy again, you know, yeah. after having to be the sullen haunted boy, you know, <laughs> the boy with the dark secrets. But yeah, this, this, of course, we also, 
we're also introduced to more aspects of why Dumbledore should be locked away for crimes against children. Because not only does he, like, you know, cock block Harry from, you know, getting laid. He also, we also find out he's, like, recruiting Hogwarts students from the local children's mental hospital. Because <laughs> that's how he finds Tom Riddle, you know? <laughs> oh, speaking of that, isn't it? It's in the last movie when he and Voldemort are fighting. And he straight up calls Voldemort Tom. Yeah. I was like, that that's a badass line right there. It's like, I'm disrespecting the hell out of you. I'm calling you Tom. Do you know? <laughs> I also... He, something else we didn't bring up is all of Dumbledore's middle names. <laughs> He's got a few, doesn't he? Yeah, and one... <laughs> hang on. I gotta... I gotta see all the names, but... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Albus. It's Al- <laughs> Albus Percival Wolfric Brian... Dumbledore. Brian, that's right. That was the one, Brian. I was like, well, I said, I was like, did he seriously just like Brian? <laughs> like Brian? <laughs> it's like Brianus or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's Dumbledore. Ugh. Dumbledore sucks in this, but of course, it's also in a movie where, again, spoiler alert, Dumbledore dies. And it's a little bit of justice on for Alan Rickman. Because he does drop him out of a high window and he does fall like Hans Gruber. <laughs> That's um the other thing. So Voldemort, I mean Voldemort Dumbledore sucks as uh like as a person he sucks, but as a character, like and and a portrayal, uh Michael Gambon kills it as Dumbledore. Yeah. And this movie, you get to see him at, like, I feel like the only movies you really get to see him as, like, as eccentric as the character is supposed to be is this movie and in three. Yeah. Like, you get to see him. He also gets the most to do in this, too. Yeah. Because he has to, and it's it's good for Gambon, too, because in that scene where they have to, he has to drink the water, Mm -hmm. like, where Harry's May forcing him to drink the water, he's, like, going for it. Like, you Mm -hmm. feel like Dumbledore's being tortured having to do this, you know? And of course, that's when we get like the undead zombies or whatever the hell they're predicting the damn thing. So it's like, all right, we're, we jumped away from time travel in the one movie to teleporting in this one. And now oh, we got zombies now. Cool. <laughs> you know, if I didn't need one thing in my wizard movie, it was probably zombies. <laughs> I forget what they're called. In, in Ferrari, Inferiori or something. They're zombies. <laughs> you know, they're fucking zombies. That's all they are. But. Yeah, and then they conveniently get out of that somehow, and people wake up in hospitals and all that. But in this one, Ron is the one that gets to wake up in the hospital. Yeah, gets to uh, gets to sleepily say the, another girl's name, you know, mm-hmm. in bed with another girl. You know, <laughs> he accidentally said, or he doesn't accidentally, he just says Hermione, and that's when his psychotic bunny boiler of a girlfriend has to break up with him because <laughs> and this is, we get some more whitewashing in this because the character lavender brown does have a speaking role in the third movie she's in she's the black girl in the uh in like the class with uh what's her name the uh the psychic or the future scene. emma thompson yeah. Emma Thompson's character. Emma Thompson's character. She's yeah. the black girl who says something in there. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah. 
Uh, that's fucked up because we could have just kept that. Unless that, I mean, obviously there's no reason for that to be a good thing. But the only way I could think that they would even breathe, like think to justify it is because that actress went on to do something else. But yeah, and, and even then you would think like, oh, we casted a black girl. Maybe yeah. we should cast another. <laughs> yeah, we've established that she's black. Why don't we just make her black <laughs> just keep it's fucked up because the character like so i it's never really like it's specified that the kids are from the uk it's never specified like uh where they are descent from so it's kind of fucked up that the one that they picked to make black is the last has the last name brown yeah and lavender kind of seems yeah. like a uh like an Atlanta strip club stripper or like uh like some sort of it just seems like some it seems like you know a name that a black chick would have you know but it's like that's kind of messed up though that like you did but the most messed up is that yes you cast a black girl as the actor but you whitewash her with about as white as you get in this new uh curly haired looking Irish chick I think <laughs> She could be British, but she looks like, I mean, it's like, you don't get more white than British or Irish, you know, it's, <laughs> but it's like, come on, what are we doing? I mean, in the, in a movie where in a series, I should say, where Harry and Ron double date with Indian sisters, mm-hmm. they, Harry is about to bang out uh, an Asian girl, you know, and then it's like there, there's so much going on here that we could do this, and no one's mentioned the fact that, like, this is a problem to anybody because it's not. Like, it just happens. But then all of a sudden, you know, we got to change it up because probably the actress wasn't available anymore, and then someone was like, who gives a shit? It's one speaking line in a third movie. No one's going to remember. Yeah. But it's kind of like with Star Wars. Like, Harry Potter fans are ravenous fans. Like, they're obsessive with this stuff. So when they know who that character is, so when you bring her back as a completely different human being, someone's going to mention it. And they're really just lucky that this happened in the early 2000s as opposed to now, when there would be a ridiculous outcry of it, you know? Yeah. No question as who that actress would be. That actress would absolutely be the same girl or the same ethnicity, you know? Because that's what you've established. But there's also, oh man, there's also the whole thing where in this movie we find out some, and it's a fun little, you know, it's a fun little thing. We find out Hermione's parents are dentists. Yeah. (laughs) But my favorite line, and it, it's a very missed opportunity because self-referential humor in this wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be appropriate, I guess. Because Hermione says, "My parents are dentists." Slughorn says, "Is that a dangerous profession?" And she should have said, "In England, it is." <laughs> like that's how that's what her response should have been. Like in England, it is. But um, yeah, and then of course, there's good old Harry. He's um he's fixing matches is what he's doing. He's um he's the Pete Rose of Quidditch. <laughs> oh oh hang on. Uh actually, so I was looking at Lavender Brown has been played by three different actresses. Oh shit. The first two were black, and then when she actually gets a role, they 
God, that makes it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it even worse that they had two ahead of her. Yeah, and then when she becomes a character, it's oh look who we got. Yeah, you, uh, Jennifer Smith and Kathleen Cauley both played her up until the third movie, and then you got uh, Jesse Cave in this one. Yeah, then you have the girl that looks like a young version of Ra uh, Rose, the hook, the prostitute from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to double check too because the time would have worked out. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, did she become Rose? I was like, oh, that's not her. Never mind. <laughs> It's like, oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> you know, to see she's so heartbroken by Ron yeah. that she has to become a prostitute in King's Landing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So with some other things with this. So we find out about the horcruxes. So all start this starts our uh three two book, three movie scavenger hunt. Which uh what are we doing? This this should be a thing that goes on throughout the books it's something that we should have learned in the first book and it's something that should be continuing because it's something you can make almost the focus of harry giving harry something to do in every single move in every single book he's got to destroy the particular horcrux these seven horcruxes because that's seven right yeah so yeah you got one per book right there technically eight with harry that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, Harry. Well, Harry could be Harry, you know? And that's the yeah. big twist at the end. You find out that he's the one. And then he has to kill himself. Now, no. technically, they do start this Horcrux scavenger hunt in the second movie. Yeah, but they forget the- about it for a while because yeah. in, when we learn the actual definition of a Horcrux. Yeah. And, I you, again, this is another situation where you have to give England credit. They have, I don't know if it's if it's a, a factory somewhere or some sort of like a plant that these manufacturing plant that these people come out of that country and that, you know, in the greater United Kingdom is so good at coming up with creepy white guys because the guy that plays young Tom Riddle at 60 yeah. is fucking creepy as hell, you know? <laughs> and all he has to do is just, part his hair and talk you know though they recast him too because uh, we got tom riddle in uh the second movie but he's roughly that age too yeah though i i i'd assume that maybe like because that came out what five or six years before this yeah that dude would be like in his 20s he'd be like 25 at this point (laughs) like that's not as big of a deal with the recasting Right, but like the de-aging technology wouldn't have been there to put him down. But yeah. but this kid, yeah, this kid is so creepy, this actor. And it's like, he had to have known, like when he was walking in, it's like, they probably put a casting call out. It's like, look, we need creepy white, creepy English dudes. And then they probably had a line of a thousand people show up. It was like, oh man, we got to get through this, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gotta find the right guy oh look there he is he's the third one great everybody leave <laughs> and then like his final screen test is getting his ass kicked by liam neeson <laughs> you know <laughs> you have to get your ass kicked i am the final cool i'm the final <laughs> test before you get in this movie <laughs> <laughs> now lavender brown does die in the books she Good. dies in the battle <laughs> of hogwarts she's uh she's mauled by a werewolf Oh, <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> That's like having some like, like 
gotta figure because if I'm remembering this movie correctly, that final battle correctly, it's like there's a lot of debris falling and shit, right? Yeah, they don't. She gets they don't show. <laughs> they don't show her like they, they don't show her death in the movie, but um, if Fenrir Greyback is who does it, he's in this. He shows up in this one. Speaking of that guy, do you know the story about that actor? No. He's dead, and they found him randomly dead in Death Valley. He was like hiking or something and like succumbed to the elements and somebody just happened across his body. You know, it's the craziest thing because he's in random ass movies. He's in Snatch. He's one of um, um, the villain. God, I can't think of his damn name. John. The villain in Snatch. Um, well, his character's Rick, name is John. Bricktop. It's like yeah, Bricktop. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's like one of his right-hand men. He's he's in all kinds of stuff. But yeah, this is like his biggest thing. And yeah, it was like just like 14 or 16 or something like that. Because I yeah. remember hearing about it. It was on the Bizarre File of Preston Steve. And I was like, what? And I looked him up. I was like, holy shit, that guy's been in all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, 2014. Now the yeah. character is, um, so he's who bit Lupin that turned him into a werewolf. Well, this whole time he looks like he's wearing a um like a hairnet, like one of those yeah. like cooking like like chef hairnets like you see yeah. in like a really bad greasy spoon diner, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay, yo, so you're obviously on IMDb. Did you see his the beginning of his biography? No. A twin-fisted existentialist whose post-Nietzschean sensibilities reject the lantern of the cynic in a quest for a son that leaves no shadow. Okay, so this is some of the craziest things I've ever seen. He attended Dr. Challenger's grammar school and he achieved eight O-levels. He then elected to work on demolition sites rather than continue his education to university level. He studied performing arts in his 20s, then became a professional wrestler, and then secured the role of John in Snatch. Other film and TV work included appearances in EastEnders, The Bill, and Emmerdale, as well as parts in major motion pictures such as Batman Begins and Elizabeth the Golden Age. And when work was quiet, he decided to become a professional cage fighter, securing (laughs) wins over L.A. street fighting legend Kimo Leopoldo and ex-UFC heavyweight champion Dan Severn. His fight and acting career, however, began to clash, and when he was offered a role in Stephen Burkhoff's On the Waterfront, he had to regrettably decline due to fight commitments. Instead, Burkhoff attended Legiano's fight at Wembley Arena, where he defeated Herb Dean. When Dave was cast as Fenrir Greyback in the Harry Potter series, he put his fight career on hold. IMDb biography end. <laughs> I, I love how this opens up with he's an existentialist. <laughs> A twin-fisted existentialist. What does that mean? <laughs> it's like this whole character biography, like actor biography reads like a character biography. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what was he doing before he became a Death Eater? Uh, death eater? Well, he was a cage fighter, you know? <laughs> well, the backstory of Fenrir Greyback is he basically tries to bite as many kids as possible to turn them into werewolves. If you're a werewolf, wouldn't you? You know, wouldn't the goal be to get more werewolves so you can all rampage on full moons or something so you don't have to go alone? And when the full moon disappears, you're like all naked in a field somewhere instead of you mysteriously randomly waking up in someone's bedroom or something like that. 
I would want as many fellow like werewolves as possible. That's now, fair. I don't remember my werewolf mythology, but is it the same as vampires? Like when you turn a vampire, you become like their god or something, like their father. No. You know? <laughs> not not in this version of the werewolf mythology, because he bit Lupin. Ah, uh, so yeah, so he just he's just turning guys. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to see him making like a whole group of little cage fighters. <laughs> little cage fighter werewolves. <laughs> L.A. Street Fighting Legend. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like there's so many things going on here. It's like, it's like he's per- not an actor. He's a character in Street Fighter. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's the perfect like IMDb biography. It's clearly written by some lunatic on the internet. You know. <laughs> but yeah. Go ahead. Oh wow! I was going to try to move on to anything, but it was like uh, mostly it was going to be about. Um, when we get that little, uh, it's, it's not a prom. It's that little like Christmas party is what it is. It's the, uh, the slug club party. Yeah. That what a great name. (laughs) What a great name for your club. But no, in that one, that's a great scene because we see all kinds of shit. We see Luna's dress for one, which is the greatest dress ever. It's like nine different like tiers of like like uh, fuzz and garland and all that. That's what I. So I, Harry's like, all right, I'll ask, I'll ask someone who's cool, who I like, brings Luna. I'm like, that's a good choice, Harry. You're making the best good choices. Choice, that's the only choice, Harry. I mean, she's the best. I would love to party with her, no matter what it was. You know, <laughs> she seems like she'd be an awesome time at a party. <laughs> she seems like she's just awesome in general, you know. But and then also you get Ron, who we all know that his mom makes him terrible clothing. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a running gag in the series. You mean to tell me that there is no spell at all that's like, you know, like Armanius Tuxus, you know, <laughs> so he can just do that and be like have an actual tuxedo like Harry does and all that? Well, Ron wasn't invited to the slug club. <laughs> right. And of course, you know, we get Hermione trying to eat the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, like the caviar, whatever it is. So what's his <clears throat> name? Bad breath. Well- yeah, so what's his name won't try and kiss her? Hogwarts Rick Darris. Yeah. yeah, Hogwarts Rick Darris. But then um, at this also, Hermione finds out that Ron uh, gets laid in the in the tower. Basically, that like like Ron gets up in the tower and he just he gets it in, you know. But then Hermione gets pissed about it and she sends five birds that she created to their violent death. <laughs> She slams those things against the wall above Ron's head like they're nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You mean mean to tell me that the pressure hasn't gotten to Harry, it's gotten to Hermione. (laughs) So we we brought up the potential spell of fetus to lead us. (laughs) Got me with that one. I almost lost the beer on that one. (laughs) Because with they, there's not a, not a lot of technology is allowed at Hogwarts. Are condoms or can these kids get condoms? <laughs> if anything, because we've seen in the last movie or in the in Goblet of Fire, we see that they have that like bubble thing to help like <laughs> breathe underwater. Can you use that on your dick? <laughs> like, can that become a condom? <laughs> Like, so you don't even have to use the plan B spell, <laughs> the morning after spell. You don't have to use the accidentally fall down the stairs spell. <laughs> you don't have to do that. 
Ejaculate, constipate. You can't. <laughs> Impotent. <laughs> vasectomy is spell. <laughs> temporary vasectomy. <laughs> It's like, so we can fuck that night, and then he brings it back in case he wants to have kids next time. <laughs> or, even better, there's got to be some sort of spell, because obviously we know there's the bad side of it. There's the torture spells, where you can be tortured by the wand looking at, like, pointing at you. There's got to be the good side, too, where he can, like, somebody can make you feel like you're having an orgasm, but nothing actually come out. <laughs> so everything works for everybody. It's just there's none of the messy cleanup afterwards. <laughs> you, don't have to use the, you don't have to use the remove sperm from corpse spell. <laughs> remove sperm from corpse? What? <laughs> you know that's what Ron's really into. You know that's Ron's kink. <laughs> He's using, it, he's using whatever the spell is that Malfoy uses on Harry to paralyze him. He's using that before he has sex because that's the only way Ron can get off. <laughs> it's if he thinks it's a dead body. And we've hardly even brought up like the main, like where this book gets its name, which is the textbook with from Snape that tells right. Harry how to do everything. His cliff notes, yeah, that, that Harry is now like the, the best kid in potions class and Hermione is pissed because she's no longer the smartest kid so of course she wants him to get rid of it because it's the right thing to do yeah right Hermione we know why you want him to get rid of it so you can be the teacher's pet again <laughs> and well it, it only it only actually starts to make sense for him to get rid of it when he tries a spell out of it and you know lacerates fucking Malfoy's stomach Speaking of Sectum Sempra, which is that spell, what is that? The buckshot spell? Holy shit, what was that thing? <laughs> um, I forget what it actually translates to, but it's like something like slice like something slicing. Okay, so it's just like lacerations, it's like a thousand razors coming at you. Yeah. And of course, you know, so death is I mean. Death and injury aren't even a thing in Hogwarts because when Snape stumbles across him, he's like, all right, uh, rewind this spellicus or whatever. And all of a sudden the blood starts going back into Malfoy and he starts healing. It's like, well, there can't be consequences for him. You know, Harry's walking around with blood and like cut cuts and broken arms and stuff like that. But no, we, we can just, you know, use a single spell and Malfoy can be fixed. Uh, so Sectum Sempra... Sectum is Latin for cut and semper is forever. So basically it's a cut that won't heal unless Ooh. like it won't start to heal on its own. I like it. It should use it more, especially when it's pretty great when Harry tries it on Snape. Yeah. Snape just turns, he's like, bitch, please. I came up with that. You're like, <laughs> hey, you're going to use my own spell against me? That's my fucking Snape, spell. Snape Oh, so just to show how fucked up of a kid Snape was, I know he was bullied, but the spells that he is confirmed to be the creator of is Sectum Sempra, Cut Forever, and Levy Corpus, Floating Dead Bodies. There you go. So you know that one of his spells was the remove of semen from corp from corp spell. You know? You could probably chalk that one up to Snape as well. That's somewhere in the back of that book that Harry has. Oh, by the way, if you find yourself in this situation, <laughs> Harry didn't make it to that page yet. 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 <laughs> we also get the most awkward movie kiss ever in this. Are you talking about the rumor requirement with Jenny? 
Yeah. Where, where, where she's basically like, hey, hair, hair, close yeah. your eyes. Yeah. Now, now think about this. I'm going to take this moment to plant one on you and try not to get hard. It's okay. It's cool. <laughs> but then she gives that line where she's like, I can stay in here forever. It's like, oh. <laughs> and Harry, of course, being as dense as he is, sometimes completely fucking misses it. <laughs> and the room of requirement just, like, it becomes so convoluted. I don't get it. I don't understand. What is the room of requirement? I know so it's, it's you, supposed to be it like a room it. that basically provides whoever finds it with what they need. Right, like when you need something, but it's filled yeah. with old junk. Like, so did are people not picking up what they need? Do you know, so it just becomes a storage closet. So that the room of requirement is where they do the training in the Order of the Phoenix. Right. So how did it become a junk room? I don't know because Dolores Umbridge blew open the uh, the door for it. I guess. I guess, and now it's just filled with everybody's like leftover like deck chairs and wardrobes and of course that giant crazy cab teleporting cabinet that Malfoy has where he sends that through an apple and it comes back with a bite out of it it's like yeah. and a percent through a bird comes back dead you know it's like was that bird murdered on the on the other side because we know it's attached to that like one store so he was trying to figure out how to transport people with it right so he I mean, yeah it's like a it. testing it's like yeah. a testing thing right yeah but I mean they're they're evil. Why don't they yeah. use actual human test subjects? You know, yeah. Because then he could just put the dead body back in there, close it up, and then they could just get rid of it or whatever the fuck. <laughs> or does the rumor requirement allow for like the cleanup crew? You know, if you <laughs> need a body removed, these guys show up and just get rid of it. <laughs> another dead body. Another dead body. Let's get in there. Malfoy it's death. incredible that Hogwarts doesn't have a disposal crew with the amount of shit that the amount of danger they put students in. Dumbledore and Snape, you know, have them. Dumbledore absolutely has them. Mm. He's killed kids before and he's covered it up. There's no way he hasn't. Well, Dumbledore in his like we learn this in the next book, but Dumbledore in his teenage years teamed up with who would become magical Hitler. Yeah, exactly. It's like what are we doing like all of these things absolutely exist you know it's like mm -hmm. uh it's like when john wick makes a dinner reservation for 12 you know yeah the, it, dumbledore is making dinner reservations it's what he's doing he's having you know the john wick cleanup crew come and squeegee down every room it's 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 not a matter of if it's a matter of when <laughs> snape <laughs> was commissioned by dumbledore to come up with levy corpus to get rid of bodies <laughs> right <laughs> Snape was just it was part of his internship is at Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> and to work for Dumbledore and do his cleanup work. <laughs> so, and of course, you know, but then there's with this movie, at the end of it, it's of course we get the murder of Dumbledore dropped mm -hmm. out a window like Hans Gruber by Hans Gruber. And of course, Malfoy uh, bitches out. He can't do it. So Snape. Having made the unbreakable vow, whatever, he has to follow through and kill him. And then we just get like a matter of, okay, everybody, let's leave now. Harry's going to walk away without saying a goddamn thing. And he's going to go and set up the sequel with Hermione and Ron. And it's really just a real letdown of 
unending. It's yeah. It's almost like, oh fuck off. We're really this is how you're ending it. Every other movie has not ended on a to be continued scene. Mm-hmm. But this one is. What are we doing? Come on. Yeah, and I, this is the worst portrayal from from book to movie. It, it is easily the worst portrayal. They they pick out all the wrong things to focus on. Yeah, it's it's not it's 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 not it's not a slog to watch like it's not a drain but it's not fun you know there are some fun parts is obviously whenever luna shows up on screen you're like yeah, yeah. woo. same <laughs> with maggie smith whenever maggie smith is around maggie like, smith, yeah. bring weasley with you he looks like he's too happy <laughs> <laughs> that was great <laughs> oh and isn't this the movie uh why is it when something happens it's always you three yeah yeah and then the best part is when she says that the perfect response to that should absolutely be, bitch, we just walked up on this. You saw us, you know, it wasn't us. And then of course, Ron's always like, well, his response to that was, I've been thinking about that the last six years or something like that. It's like, yeah, that's right, Ron. You should be thinking about that. <laughs> that is absolutely right to think about. <laughs> so we, I think, I think we're done for this week. At least. I- the cave scene we do get uh that dumbledore fire spell thing is pretty oh, that was awesome. pretty cool yeah yeah that was pretty sweet yeah of course we don't we don't see how he does it we only see it from like it happens from under the water that's how we yeah. see it but uh of course he just has harry yank up a boat from the bottom of a like a lake <laughs> it's like here hold this chain <laughs> all right now pull oh it's a giant boat oh okay <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's some cool visual shit in this movie. It's just most of it's like, what are we doing? You know, yeah. what are we doing? And of course, you get the least like, of course, who is the half blood prince? And we get set, we get Snape at one at the end. Just goes, that's right, I'm the half blood prince. It's like, really? That's how we're delivering this information <laughs> by Alan Rickman with a gun to his head, having delivered the worst line of dialogue. His character any time in his career has ever had to utter you know <laughs> it's kind of like in that like that family guy joke it's like superman 4 the and that's why you're superman 4 the quest for peace and peter's like oh that's where that comes from <laughs> it's like that you know yeah. like you don't have to shoehorn the title in like that you know it's really that's really bad <laughs> but we have reach the end of that we know that blood princes and next week we're gonna know the end of the story but until then mike where can people find us on the internet so for your streaming pleasure we are on spotify and apple Podcasts, as well as a bunch of other sites like overcast and stuff because of anchor um you can find us on instagram and facebook at happy hour homes podcast give us a like give us a follow shoot us a message we love to hear from all of you absolutely absolutely yep and then uh so next week we're going to have a groundbreaking episode i will say because not only will we be talking about the two final films aka the one film split into two parts the uh deathly hallows we will be finishing up harry potter but we will also be doing it with our second female guest <laughs> it will not be my wife on the episode sorry we'll be talking with mike's friend taylor i think yep <laughs> yeah so we're gonna uh we're gonna talk to her about the half-blood prince and get her thoughts on harry potter 
All right, of that. Deathly Hallows, not Half Blood Prince. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, we'll get our thoughts on the Half Blood Prince as well, probably. But um, and especially Deathly Hallows. That's what we're going to mm-hmm. talk about uh, next week. So, until that time, I have been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McGuigan. And we'll see you guys next time. So long.